week's episode of the top five report the podcast that just realized hindsight is a d20 my name is drew i'll be your host for the evening along with me as always is my brother peter here hey man <laughs> I, I like that that's a good phrase i might steal that <laughs> you're more than welcome to um, i thought it was funny <laughs> yeah um all right well how have you been man what do we uh let's jump right in because we got actually got a bunch of news to cover so what are we watching what are we reading um Yes. So let's, um, let's waste no time. Actually, how about this real fast? If this is your first episode listening to our show, because this is tonight is our 150th episode. If tonight's your first night listening, um, we talk about stuff we are watching and reading because it's stuff that we like to check out. And then um, we uh, talked about some entertainment news and then we talk about five things that we think are awesome. And uh, tonight we're talking about fighting games. So. Um, <laughs> so we'll get to that on the back half, but welcome if you're new, if not, uh, you know, the drill. So Pete, what are we watching? What are we reading? Well, since you mentioned the fighting games list, I thought it was really funny that, uh, E3 happened this past weekend and I didn't even plan it out, but it's just the, the week I happened to pick our top five fighting games. E3 happened the same week. And I was like, oh, that's so perfect. Cause we've got a video game list and there's going to be a ton of video game news. So I just thought that like that worked out super well, actually, um, so going into what I'm not a lot of video game news for me to tackle for us. Oh, <laughs> well, that's fair enough too. Well, there um, is, there is, and there isn't. So I'll talk about that a little bit. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, but moving into like what I've watched and read, um, I did catch up on Loki um, last week. I hadn't watched it yet, um, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit on Loki later because, Drew, I know you've probably watched it as well, and we can um, dissect that. To to help you out here a little bit, I've only seen the first episode. Um, I had a training session that I had to be attend at work last night, so I did not get to see the second episode yet. OK, so I'm the one who has to vo avoid uh spreading yes, spoilers but this you time. Can't, but you can give me your episode one review if you'd like. Okay, so episode one, I loved. I thought that uh, I was just really intrigued by the whole uh, the whole time variance authority plot and uh, what was going on with Loki and how he was detained. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and I also just loved the sort of Twilight Zone vibes that they're going with throughout the whole show. Like, I think it's super fun. My one gripe with episode one is I think we did spend a lot of time in that one interrogation interrogation room in the TVA. And I was there was a little bit of me where I was like, all right, let's move on. Let's get to the next thing. But otherwise, like, that's my only complaint. Like, I loved the episode. Otherwise, episode two, Drew, is, in my opinion, like. 10 times better than episode one, because I did like episode one a lot, but episode two 
everything just feels a lot more epic and there's a lot of really just cool things they do. There might be some things that surprise you. I don't want to say too much, but uh, I'm really loving the show so far. Um, yeah, it's it's just great. It's uh, so far. It's like for me, it's every bit as interesting as uh, WandaVision was because you have this crazy like the crazy mysteries involved with the time travel aspect and there's kind of a weird um i don't know the right phrase but there's kind of a weird like detective story going on as well um but it's as opposed to wandavision which had a super slow start i think this show is doing a good job as uh pacing wise like you don't have to sit through three sitcom episodes before you get to the good stuff which i'm really liking about this so <laughs> it's kind of funny that uh that you didn't watch it this time and i didn't watch it last time but uh, i really look forward to hearing your thoughts on this uh this new episode drew yeah i'm i'm kind of bummed i was like oh so cool i'll get a chance to watch before i sit down and then i was like no i'm not gonna get a chance to sit watch this before the show so um that's okay i was like i'll catch up i i'm struggling a little bit with disney moving um the show to wednesday because friday was like for us because of our because of what you and i do um it was easy for me to get turn off the microphone then i get to sit down watch said show polish off some thoughts and then talk about it the following week. And here we are going, shoot, I got to like a like one day to scramble to make sure I get that in before I sit down in front of a microphone. <laughs> and that that was exactly my thoughts when they moved it to Wednesday. I was like, crap, we record on Thursday. And like as much as I always want to watch it right when it comes out, sometimes life happens and you can't watch the show right away. So I totally understand where you're coming from there. And, and yeah, that definitely was my one worry with the new schedule. And there's more to that as we go. So um, we'll get to that in the news segment. So continue on. What else you got? OK, so there was uh, just a couple other movies that I watched that I wanted to mention. Uh, the first one I was actually pretty excited about. I got a chance to watch Willie's Wonderland, which we <laughs> talked about a couple episodes when Adam was here. I don't know if you remember uh, that discussion at all. Um. Willie's Wonderland. So, yeah, so so Willie's Wonderland is the new uh, Nicholas Cage movie where he oh, is locked right. in a uh, a right, Chuck right, E. Cheese esque uh, children's fun place where uh, he's fighting off possessed uh, animatronic animals all night. Uh, this this movie is very it's obviously like very very similar to Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, it's maybe possibly almost. I don't want to say a knockoff, but it's like you can tell that whoever made this movie was super influenced by five, five Nights at Freddy's. I would at least be pretty surprised if they weren't. But what I can say is this movie is just a really, really fun time. Um, it's I don't it's it's hard to know where where to get started with it, but it's kind of exactly what you'd expect. Um, basically, what happens is. Nicholas Cage is driving his car and he's kind of this silent protagonist in this movie and you don't really know where he's headed, but his car breaks down and uh, a tow truck picks him up and, uh, you know, the guy looks at his car and he's like, well, I can uh, I can fix your car, but I only take cash. And, you know, Nicholas Cage, just like pretty much everybody nowadays, isn't carrying cash on him. So. 
the guy says, well, are you willing to work? You know, are you willing to work uh, overnight? And then, you know, I'll fix your car for you. And uh, Nicholas Cage says yes. And uh, the job that he has to do is staying overnight in this kid's uh, restaurant slash family fun center arcade, whatever you want to call it. You know, this showbiz pizza esque Chuck E. Cheese esque um, building uh, Nicholas Cage has to stay in. And his job is to clean it up because the the building's currently closed, but they want to open it to open it to the public later on. But little does Nicolas Cage know that the <laughs> the animals in this building, um, the animatronic animals are going to come alive because they're all possessed and they're going to try to kill him. It's exactly what you want it to be. This movie is gory. It's fun. There's kind of a really fun sort of conspiracy um, plot that goes along with the whole thing as well. But uh I just this movie is just really, really cool and it's really interesting. I don't want to say too much. There's a bit of um, Nicolas Cage's character is very silent, like I say, silent protagonist. And he is really like, I don't know if he speaks once through the movie or he might have one or two lines, but I don't remember. I think he might have no lines through the movie, but there's certain aspects of his attire and um, certain things about his character that kind of hint at a, um, a whole other plot that could go along with uh, kind of his past. Like they could do a movie about his origin story and I don't want to go too much into it because it's kind of a spoiler, but it's kind of a really cool thing to speculate about because he might be somebody who's um man i don't want to say too much but he might have a sort of military past slash super soldier past uh there's some weird things that are hinted at in there but uh the movie's just really interesting it has like a really cool indie and experimental vibe from uh just how it's uh not not everything things answered certain things are open-ended and uh it has like that weird conspiracy thing, plus the silent protagonist who literally doesn't talk at all, but is just super badass. I don't know what else to say. I feel like I might be spoiling too much already, but definitely check this movie out. It's on Hulu right now. It's only an hour and a half. I had a really great time watching this one. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. I just I completely forgot about this movie, so. <laughs> I was hoping that when I mentioned it, you were going to be like, oh, how was it? But uh, no, I, I don't blame you. Like, I, <laughs> it was you know, kind of a I, short I, bit I, thing that we talked about. I remember us talking about it, but it was more of a um, <laughs> it was more of a I forgot the title of the film so much as I forgot about the movie. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, is that all you watched or anything? Uh, or there's there's one more thing, and I can probably sure. keep this short, but uh, I finally got around to watching Doom Annihilation, which is on Netflix. Uh, Drew, are you familiar with this at all? Um, I'm familiar of it, but I have not watched it. Yeah. So this is a newest movie in the Doom franchise, like the Doom video games or the um, yeah. the early 2000s Doom movie with The Rock. This movie is pretty pretty awesome as well <laughs> like oh, i was surprised really? yeah it was one of those things where i was looking for something to watch on netflix and uh, i saw that movie and i was like i gotta check this out and i started watching the movie and uh as far as i can tell this movie has no relation to the previous doom movie with the rock this is just kind of a movie that it is its own thing um it also seems to be and I'm not an expert on the plot of the Doom games, but it seems to be a lot closer to 
you know, the plot synopsis of the Doom Doom games where they, uh, excuse me, they open up like a uh, a portal to another world, a hellish landscape. Maybe it's hell. I'm not really sure, but there's crazy monsters that come out of that portal and uh, there's people battling them off. And it all takes place on one of the moons of Mars. And uh, no, this movie was just. It's not the greatest movie ever, but for a Doom film, it was kind of everything that I wanted. Um, there's a lot of really just badass um, prosthetic like creature effects in the movie. Uh, the creatures just look great. Um, and there's also like the way this movie ends, there's kind of just some really epic, really dark, hellish um, imagery and concepts in there that I think the first doom movie was missing but this movie like it was just really well done and i think it held a lot more consequence than the first doom movie and uh this is another one like it's on netflix like it's waiting for everybody so i think everybody should just you know give it a watch if nothing so else this, just for the this is better than the rock one <laughs> i i think so i thought i thought it was great um is it worth I, watching because the rock one at the end was not worth watching <laughs> I think I think this one's worth watching. OK, um, it's it, like I said, it's not the greatest movie. Like it's it's kind of your random sci fi action horror film, but it has uh, it definitely has a really epic uh, ending and just sort of like plot as it goes on. And uh, the practical creature effects are good enough that I think it's worth watching. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely check this one out because this is another one. Like I was saying, it's on Netflix. It's just waiting for you. So, you know, why not pop it on? And if you don't sure. like it, you can always turn it off. Uh, the last thing I wanted to mention is uh, the whole uh, movie takes place in this crater on this uh, moon of Mars. And uh, it's kind of it's really cool because the way the crater looks and the sort of space station or, uh, you know, the. Uh, you know, the the buildings on it and stuff look exactly like the map to the original Doom game. And I feel like the the whole layout and the uh, the interiors of that building, I think, are are really close to the original Doom game as well. But I don't know it by heart enough to say that for sure. But that's definitely the vibe I got. So, yeah, it was pretty it was pretty sweet all around. All right. Nice. I'll actually have to check that out because um I, I really like the Doom franchise. The last movie kind of was like, mm, OK, sometimes it's, just better. sometimes it's better as just the game. Um, well, the only, I was really busy this week um, since we sat down last. So the only thing I've had chance to watch um, is Raya the Last Dragon on Disney Plus. So uh, I watched part of this and fell asleep. But uh, tell me about it. From what I could uh, tell, it looked pretty cool. So the movie is awesome. Um, it is, it's essentially, it's a martial arts film and it, I can't, you know, what's interesting is it's, it's very clear that it's a martial arts film and they use a lot of like Asian imagery in terms of like the dragons and art style and like the way the houses look and the clothing and stuff. But it seems very all worlds, if you will. It's not, it doesn't feel like it's Asian specific. Does that make sense? It's weird to say that, but it's kind of like and it's all Asian actors playing the characters and stuff. So it's very clearly like an Asian uh, lineage type thing, because Disney sometimes focuses on that where you have like like Mulan was Asian. And then you have like, you know, um, uh, Aladdin was like <laughs> East. And you know what I mean? Like you have different yeah. parts of the world and they focus on things like that. 
Um, this is clearly like of like Asian uh, martial arts type stuff, but and like a lot of the imagery and art stuff is very Asian, but it's not. But I felt very like I felt like it was for an everyone type of movie. It didn't feel that niche, if you will. Um, the one thing that really I, that might just be Disney dumbing down, like maybe the concept I mean, art was a lot more Asian influence specific looking stuff. And then Disney kind of dumbed it down for the general audience, if that maybe, makes sense. And maybe that's the case. Um, but I, I thought it was it's a gorgeous looking movie. It's not a musical either where Disney films tend to be musicals. Sometimes it was it's clear. It's definitely a uh just a regular movie. Um, the dragons. Um, I like dragons in general. Um, I've never been a big fan of the way the uh, the Japanese or Chinese dragons look because I like my dragons to have wings and these don't. Um, but when you get involved with what the story is and why everything's happening for the reason it's happening, it's very uh, the dragons actually are really cool and it kind of all predicates into like uh, the way it all plays together. I ended up really not having a problem with the physical look of the dragons by the end of the movie. Um, because they're that classic Chinese Japanese style, if you will. And then, um, and then, so I was like, they kind of have that like Falcor look, if you will, compared <laughs> from a never ending story. Um, yeah. But by the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, okay, that's just how they're supposed to be. And it was, and I really ended up enjoying it. The um, the movie, however, it feels like a martial arts film, but it's heavily influenced by Indiana Jones and <laughs> like heavily and heavily influenced by Indiana Jones. And I was like, there was one scene I was like, wow, this is very Indiana Jones esque. And then it was like scene after scene after scene. I'm like, clearly these guys watched Indiana Jones before they sat down to start writing. <laughs> um, it, but it was a lot of fun and that made it even funner. Funner, you know but, what? So so I've only seen 15 or 20 minutes of this movie because, like I said, I just got tired and turned it off. But um, I can actually see that um, thinking back on it. Like there's a lot of uh, even in, you know, the first 20 minutes of the movie, like there was a lot of Indiana Jones stuff. <laughs> I just didn't realize it when I watched it the first time. Um, and then the other thing is, is the drone. Is that what those things are called? The evil creatures? Um, there are certain, oh, right. scenes, there are certain scenes in the way they attack people reminded me of tremors, um, which made nice. me laugh too. It was like someone like they had a party and the writers were like, let's get together and hang out and get to know each other. And they watched Indiana Jones and tremors and then sat down and wrote Ray of the last dragon. Uh, <laughs> um, overall, overall, I really enjoyed the movie. It was a lot of fun. Um, uh, it was better than I was expecting it to be. So I would definitely put it higher on my Disney list. Um, so I definitely recommend it. That's awesome. I, I've been really intrigued by the uh, just the art and design work on this movie ever since they started, you know, showing screenshots and trailers and stuff. So I definitely look forward to finishing this one. Uh, the other thing I was going to ask is now that you've seen this movie, who do you think would win in a fight? The Droon or the Dredge from Titan AE? Ooh, um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm I kind of want to say the Droon. OK, uh, but there's I mean, you've only seen 20 minutes of the movie, so there's some factors in play when it comes to the Droon that the Dredge don't really have going for them. 
And yeah, and the Droon are more of like a magical being so much as the Dredge are aliens. So Yeah, I think I think that the Dredge are beings made out of energy and the Droon d- definitely did seem magical. So <laughs> I was just kind of throwing that out there because I thought it was funny and I was curious what you were going to say. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it all sounds Probably. pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, do you want to talk about the news? Yeah, let's go for it. Sweet. All right. So we have some of these stories are going to be quick and I'll tell you why. The first one, for example, is uh, the runtime for the Suicide Squad has been announced. It's going to be two hours and 12 minutes. So you're not looking at a Snyder cut. It's going to be a fun two out, little over two hours and uh, which is a good sit time for a movie like that. So um, either way, I'm excited. Yeah, sounds like a movie. <laughs> yep, sounds like a movie. Um, the um, let's jump here. The title of Aquaman two has been revealed. Now, before I announce this title, I'm going to say this: when they announced, um, when we saw the trailer for Aquaman one or the first Aquaman movie, my thought was, oh wow, they're totally doing the Throne of Atlantis storyline. Now, I know. Aquaman, for me, as a comic book reader, is primarily a secondary character. I think I think the majority of fans have that. He's always a background character. I don't know many I don't know many people who just are like, ooh, Aquaman's my favorite, and that's what they're reading. Um, and the reason I say that is because me reading the Throne of Atlantis storyline, it wrapped into Justice League, so I specifically read it because it affected the Justice League storyline. That said, the title for Aquaman 2 is Aquaman 2 or Aquaman and the Lost. It's not Aquaman 2. It's called Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Now, I don't read enough Aquaman to know what that means. So the title sounds cool to me and I'm along for the ride. I don't know if I'm going to seek out what the source material is. I think I'm just going to go into it blind and enjoy it. Um, but that's I just thought I'd bring up the title. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but. Yeah, my thoughts are kind of the same. I loved that first movie, so I'm just looking forward to more. But as far as the Lost Kingdom, like what story arc in the comics does that hint at? I have no idea. Um, Aquaman, I've most of my experience with Aquaman is within Justice League comics. Like I'm kind of like you. I don't read a lot of Aquaman solo comics, but like I said, I loved that first movie, so I'm looking forward to more. But that's <laughs> probably all I can say at the moment. And it might not be. Um, it might be an original story too. Um, I just don't know, and I don't know if I'm going to go try and seek it out. So, right on. Yeah. All right. So Aquaman two is off the list. Um, Lord of the Rings and the War of Roharm, if I'm pronouncing that right. And I know there's a Lord of the Rings fan like shaking their head at me going, why can't you pronounce that correctly? So, like, there's a lot of hard things to pronounce on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is going to be an animated movie. Lord of the Rings anime film. Um, oh, OK. Yes, I remember hearing about this. Because um, why not? Um, the reason I say it like that is there was back in the day in the 80s. Is it late? early 80s early to mid 80s they did a lord of the rings and hobbit animated movies um, yeah which to this day i know people who still hold them like these are the best iterations of the movie which is you know that's fine um i haven't seen them in a, real, a really long time so i don't even know if they still hold up but um i think it's one of those things where there's a lot of really corny parts but overall like 
they hold up because it's the Lord of the Rings story and because it's just the animation is actually really good. It's just there's, you know, because it was a little bit more kids focused, some of it's a little more corny than, you know, the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings, but they hold up in certain ways, uh, as I just mentioned. So, um, yeah. Um, well, yeah, so that's coming and that will be, um, does it say, it doesn't say where it's going to be, but I had to put my money on it. It's going to be Amazon because of the Lord, the live action show. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would think so too. Um, They probably have the rights to it. Um, all right. Uh, Netflix, um, this, I didn't really know was going to be a thing. Um, because, all right, you know, the video game is Splinter Cell. Yeah. All right, I'm a big fan of the Splinter Cell series. I really like it. It's all spy stuff. Um, apparently, there is going to be a Splinter Cell animated series. Is this right? Um, yeah, it's going to be a Splinter Cell animated series on Netflix. Um, I'm totally Interesting. Down, I'm totally down for this. I do feel in the world of spy stealth stuff that um, what's it called? Uh, Metal Gear Solid would probably translate better to an anime film, but. Um, or an anime series is because it's, it's a little more like out there and whatnot as opposed to splinter cell, but I'm totally down for this. That's cool. Um, they said it's going to be, uh, it's going to, the uh, creator, John Wick, John Wick's creator, Derek Colstead, Colstead confirmed to be writing the series. Um, so that's cool. Um, yeah, it, it sounds like one of those, uh, things that netflix acquired the rights to and they're making an animated series <laughs> and you're just like okay I, I don't think anybody is asking for this but it sounds pretty cool so i'll check it out i guess <laughs> yeah basically um all right um do you remember remember the characters sam and twitch from spawn oh of course yeah all right and a long 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 time ago i think before we started this podcast they announced that they were going to do a Sam and Twitch television series. Yes. Um, and we haven't heard about this in a very, very wrong time, wrong time, long time. <laughs> um, Todd McFarlane is now officially announcing that the Sam and Twitch television series is coming. Um, I'm going to say this. That's awesome. I wanted it to begin with, but let's actually get it because I, we've been waiting for news on it for so long. And now they're saying, yes, it's actually going to be a thing. So I'm glad they haven't lost it. But at the same time, can we get it to us, please? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm but, coming at this. Well, keep going. <laughs> Sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I'm just coming at this where, like, I love Spawn and I love uh, Todd McFarlane. But he was talking about that Spawn movie like it was supposed to come out a year or two ago, <laughs> according to him, you know, from Comic-Con 2017 or whenever he started, like, really pumping up the spawn movie and we still haven't gotten that. And I like this show should be awesome whenever it comes out, but it's just, I think Todd McFarlane does uh, something that I've noticed Kevin Smith and maybe certain other uh, entertainers will do where they'll start working on something and then publicly they'll start talking about it way too soon. And then everybody's hopes get up, but then you know, if that project ends up being put in the back seat for a little bit, then we're all just kind of in this prolonged state of disappointment because we're just like, well, what happened to the Salmon Twitch show? So for me, like, I'm glad to hear that it's going on, but I'm not like I'm going to wait till I hear more before getting really excited, you know? Right. 
Um, and that, I, I agree with you there. I was just like, oh, hey, look at that. We got something. And then we didn't really have anything, but that's all right. Um, all right, real quick, let's talk about E3. So you said E3. Um, I don't have a lot to report on E3 because I tried to watch as much of it as possible and at least look at the announcements. Um, there were a lot of big stuff like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, uh, massive details on Halo Infinite, which I'm really excited about. Um, there's games that are coming that I was like, oh, hey, I thought I had a little more time before those were coming out. The ones I was really looking forward to is like Elder Scrolls 6. No extra updates on those. The next Fable game, no extra updates on that. Um, the new Forza 5 looks gorgeous. Um, there's a new, I'd have to look, I'd have to double check the title on it, but there's a new Square Enix game that looks like a, it's a vampire role-playing game, which looks really cool. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. I want to check that out now. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, that sounds really cool. I just, there's... I was I found E3 to be weird to watch this year. Uh, E3, everybody, if you are unaware of this, E3 is basically the video game convention of the year. E3 standing for Electronic Entertainment Expo. Um, what I found weird about E3 is that video games have drastically changed in the world that they are sev several of them are. Um, uh, you basically get everything digital now. You can buy hard copies of the games like in disc form and stuff still, but. Most people are getting them digital. Most people are playing games like Fortnite where you're the game's free to play, but then you're getting the updates here and there. Um, you know, like Halo Infinite, for example, the multiplayer is going to be free and then they'll, they'll obviously be the add ons. But you could play it for free if you want to. And then the campaign, if you want to play the story, you'd have to pay for it. So games are just different in the realm of how they all they're all piecing together. So I found E3 strange to watch this year, but I was kind of like, Hey, that's cool. And looking at the stuff I wanted to look at. So, um, that's why I did. That's why at the top of the show, I said, I didn't have a lot to touch on for E3 because it was just, it was strange to watch, uh, just cause thinking back to the years when I'd be like glued to the TV or glued to the internet and like look, looking at all the footage and watching all the trailers and stuff. So, um, yeah, <laughs> There's yeah, so that's what I got for you. So sorry, I don't have more, but <laughs> no, no, it's OK. Um, I was kind of hoping for more, but um, I honestly am pretty oblivious to E3 this year. I didn't really pay close attention yeah. to it. I kind of was just busy and a lot of it went over my head. Um, that vampire game you mentioned sounds pretty cool. Um, I kind of wonder if um, like. I like I said, I didn't pay close attention to it, but I feel like I heard that the Nintendo presentation at E3 was kind of underwhelming. But then Nintendo released their own Nintendo Direct video like after E3 that had a lot more of their news in it. So I wonder if that's just kind of the route that some of these events are going, you know, where like we've seen DC fandom where that's a. DC Comics specialized event. And I don't know if everybody's going to just start doing their own events. Like you'll have your Square Enix event and your Microsoft Microsoft event. And like E3 will kind of be not as big of a deal, but that's just who knows. I'm just speculating here. Right. Um, but yeah, I, 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 don't, I didn't really hear about anything too crazy from E3 except for uh, I don't know. I think it's just because I follow a lot of artists and designers online. A lot of people are complaining about the uh, Final Fantasy Origins uh, trailer or screenshots or whatever that they thought it was uh, 
the art style looked kind of bland, especially when you compare it to the old, like original Final Fantasy game concept art and stuff. But uh, that's right. <laughs> that's probably as far as I followed a lot of it, unfortunately, this year. Well, that's the thing. Like, I kind of like focused on the games that I was really excited about, like Halo and, you know, that kind of stuff. And because Microsoft bought the Bethesda a couple months back and that sales finally through, like how that was going to handle with the exclusives. Um, there's a new exclusive for Bethesda coming out called Starfield, which looks like a space role-playing exploration game. It looks really gorgeous. Go watch the trailer for it. Um, and then Pirates of the Caribbean is being added to uh, Sea of Thieves, which I don't know. That seemed like, uh, yeah, why wasn't this already a thing? <laughs> um, <laughs> but the trailer, the, uh, ga- the announcement trailer and the gameplay trailer for Battlefield 2042 um, just looks like a ton of fun. Um, and I was like, wow, I might actually be jumping back on the battlefield. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Um, but it made me excited, um, to play video games basically. So, um, yeah. Um, all right. So let's go back to the news, shall we? Uh, yeah, sounds good. Loki's been moved to Wednesdays and it's doing really, really well. So Disney plus has decided that while the Wanda, while the Mandalorian and WandaVision previously debuted on Fridays, the streaming service is pivoting to Wednesdays in light of Loki's success. Right now, it seems like everything is going to be pivoted to Wednesdays. Um, I hope that's not entirely true. What I was really kind of hoping was that Loki's success would go, hey, let's put all the Marvel movies on Wednesday or the Marvel shows. On <laughs> let's put all the Star Wars shows on Fridays and we'll have our Star Wars day. We'll have our Marvel day. And then we drop the other shows where we felt needed. But those are like their two pillars. You know what I mean? Um, so that's what I was kind of hoping. But that looks like that's not happening <laughs> um, either way. Um, so we'll see how much you and I have to scramble to watch stuff before we sit down. And <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I know there's not a lot. To, there's, not, there's not a lot for you to like uh, piggyback on in terms of the news. Um now, did you see when the CW did their Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover? Did you watch that? The five episode arc? No, I, I haven't watched that. I just fell so far behind in the Arrowverse and okay. it just was so daunting to catch up. So I haven't watched that yet. Um, okay. I've thought about just going back and only watching the crossover. <laughs> because they look okay. pretty badass, but uh, they are. Yeah. What, what do you got? Uh, for me? Well, the final episode of the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover uh, was the Flash episode, which means it's primarily it's primarily a Flash episode. Grant Gustin plays the Flash on the television show, and Ezra Miller plays the Flash on the Justice League movies, and will be the Flash in the Flash film itself. Ezra Miller appeared on that Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover as the Flash, and the two Flashes had dialogue. Now you got to remember we're dealing with a multiverse here, so um, uh, the ability for that to happen is awesome and the fact that they did it is even cooler however i thought that this this is the coolest part grant gustin has signed to have a cameo appearance in the flash film well that's awesome and this is a this is a rumor but we all know how the internet works that when rumors happen on the internet it's usually a little bit more than rumor um i think that's amazing because not only is it going to be validation for the CW Arrowverse stuff in terms of like a pocket universe in the DCEU, but it's going to give us multiple flashes. We're going to have multiple Batmans like the Flash movie is shaping up to be something just absolutely astounding to see at this point. 
So, um, yeah, that, that sounds great. Um, I'm a little bit curious how this will go, because I think if Grant, if we do see Grant Gustin's version of the flash on the big screen, is there going to be this crazy fan outpouring that like they would rather have Grant Gustin be the DCEU flash than Ezra Miller? And I feel like there are people out there who are going to say that. Um, I like both versions of the flash, like for different reasons. So I just want to clarify that, but it's just, it'll be really interesting to see the fan, um, the fan reaction to this, but yeah, it sounds awesome. Like I'd love to see some of those CW shows, connected to the you know cinematic dceu that we have right now what blows my mind about it is the idea that um we'll actually just get the two flashes together like look everyone has their look i didn't like ezra miller flash when i saw the whedon cut and then i saw the snyder cut and ezra miller flash is actually really good because they didn't destroy the character in the snyder cut (laughs) you know um so i either way i'm excited all right you absolutely um, you sent me a text about this story because you wanted to talk about it and i said hey i already flagged that um remember <laughs> how i said i was bummed out about castlevania coming to a close with season four well yes. castlevania is getting a spin-off series coming to netflix so do you want to jump on that real quick before i tell you my thoughts because i think this is amazing well i think it's amazing as well and um I'm behind on I'm still behind on the Castlevania, the first series, so I don't have too much to say, but I think it's pretty awesome that uh, they're continuing it. I think uh, Netflix has a really thing, good thing going with their Castlevania series, and it's kind of just it's cool that it's going to keep going from here on out. So I don't have too much to say, but that series, from what I've seen of it, the story is great. The animation is just awesome. So it's just really awesome that it's going to continue uh yeah what did what did you what were your thoughts on it well i first off this is just awesome because i want more all together um and finding out that the show is coming to a close after four seasons i was like well you guys did a really solid show and there's the argument that if you're around for too long people are going to be like is that show still on like some of us are doing with walking dead for example um but <laughs> Um, I'm even doing that with Walking Dead, and I think I was the last person who was still watching it. <laughs> well, so it is the point that you don't you want to you want to disappear before people are saying that kind of thing. But you want to give them a solid show and they gave us a solid show. So I'm just excited for more. But they said this spinoff will center around uh, Richter Belmont, who is Sypha's and Trevor's son, um, as more as well as Maria Renard. So if you know your Final Fantasy story. I'll follow both those characters. Um, the fact that they had Sypha and Trevor together throughout that series. I didn't even think about them having a child. So this will take place later with Richter Belmont as their son. And Maria Renard, if you follow your Final Fantasy, or Final Fantasy your Castlevania story, she'll be involved too. And it's going to take place during the, uh, the French Revolution set in France. Um, so those are the only details that I was able to dig up. But I thought that was awesome. Um, all right. Final news story of the night. And this is going to like this is just going to make you so happy because when I read this, I was like, this is amazing. And then I watched the trailer and got even more excited. <laughs> all right. So you're a big fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000, right? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> cool. And you're a big fan of Teen Titans Go on uh, Cartoon Network, right? Yeah. And you're a big fan of the Michael Jordan Space Jam movie, right? Uh, the Michael Jordan one, yeah. <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, how do any of these three things have in common? 
Um, well, we have a Space Jam 2 that's about to release. Um, and in the Space Jam 2, the legacy will continue or finally continue with um, an evil computer program called Al G Rhythm who traps LeBron James and his son in the internet and makes them play basketball with Looney Tunes characters. Um, seriously, that is what the sequel is about. The movie looks really weird, though, and if you're not quite prepared for the algae rhythm and stuff, uh, Cartoon Network has some truly brilliant counter-program ready to go for you coming up. Um, this is going to air. I'm not kidding. This is going to air on um, Cartoon Network on June 27th. Um, it is called Teen Titans Go See Space Jam. <laughs> okay. um, it is a new original movie about the characters from Teen Titans Go watching Space Jam the movie and making comments throughout the film in a Mystery Science Theater 3000 um, way. Um, in the interest of presenting our... Uh, uh, reputation as pop culture critics with particularly high standards. We won't say that it's the best idea anyone has ever had. And it had makes every other idea in history look like putrid trash, but it is a damn good idea per Cartoon Network spokesperson. <laughs> so Teen Titans Go will be watching Space Jam and they will be watching it in an MST3K setting on Cartoon Network uh, June 27th. I honestly cannot wait to see this. If you watch the trailer for this, the aliens from Space Jam land in the DC universe and meet the Teen Titans Go team and try to explain who they are. And they're just like, who are you? And Cyborg apparently is the only one who's seen the Space Jam movie and makes everyone watch Space Jam. <laughs> That's awesome. So they're going to be watching the first Space Jam. Yes, Is that watching the original Space Jam and then commenting on it like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Well, this is this is just great. This is uh, I think the Teen Titans go the humor and the characters on that show. I think this is a perfect uh, it's just a perfect mesh. And uh, and it's super meta like Teen Titans go is so smart when it comes to like things that they do in terms of poking fun at pop culture and praising pop culture at the same time. They're so good about it. And like, I don't think you could have put this together any other like any better. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the thing I was going to say is, like, I grew up with that first Space Jam movie. And as much as I love it, like going back and revisiting it, there's aspects of the movie I'm not as fond of, you know, as it ages. Like, you know, I, I love Michael Jordan as much as the, as the next guy, but I don't know that he's the best actor or comedic actor. But, you know, I still do like seeing the uh the weird alien designs and uh, some of the animation in the movie. But <laughs> I think Space Jam with me has aged, hasn't aged as well as some other movies from my childhood. But <laughs> um, I do think, you know, the Teen Titans Go MST uh, 3K uh, version of this movie might be a really fun way to watch Space Jam. So, you know, this is this is really funny and if definitely you, really exciting. In all seriousness, there is a trailer for this. Um, it looks astounding so <laughs> um yeah go check it out if you have like a couple minutes to watch the trip. yeah I'll, de I'll definitely check that out <laughs> i laughed all the way through it and was like oh man i can't wait for this um all right well that kind of brings us to the end of the news man you ready to talk about the list tonight yeah absolutely great so ryan it is list time do me a favor and roll the thing 
now for the top five. Okay, Peter, it is uh, list time, man. This is your pick for this week, so why don't you explain your thoughts on this, and then we'll uh, get going. There's not uh, there's not too much to go into to with this one, but uh, I always really, like, I don't play a ton of video games, which is kind of funny, but I really enjoy when we do video game lists on the show. Um, and I think it was uh, last week, I was actually kind of like running down to the wire because <laughs> I didn't really have a list idea ready. And uh, it was like the day we recorded, I just thought Believe of it. I was me, like, some weeks it's like that for me. So I'm like, <laughs> what are we going to talk about? Or I forgot that we're doing a show. I'm like, oh crap, it's Thursday. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, it was one of those things where I don't know why it came to me. I think it might have been because Mortal Kombat, you know, the new Mortal Kombat movie just came out and I'm kind of in that mood. But I was like, we haven't really done our top five favorite fighting games. And I thought this would be just a fun list because fighting games can range from classic video games all the way to like really current stuff. And, uh, you know, fighting games, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a category, but it is a category that has a lot of random deep cuts. So I thought it would just be fun to dig into the subject and uh, go from there. Uh, all that being said, there's a lot of people who are really amazing at fighting games. Like they're just really skilled at them. And I am not one of those people. Like I love fighting games, but I get really into the lore and the animation and uh, I just think they're fun to play. But <laughs> all in all, like you'll never catch me playing online because I absolutely suck at these games. And I just kind of really enjoy the animations and the characters and they're fun to play. But I I'm definitely not an expert at all. So, uh, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on the list, Drew, or do you just want to well, jump in? This list I found to be a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be because I, and I like fighting games. I just don't play enough of them. So, yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait. And then there's this game. And oh, wait. You know what I mean? So, like, that did go through my head and it became a little bit easier. How that being said, however, I did as I was putting together the list, I was like, well, shoot, almost any game could be considered a fighting game if you think about it. <laughs> you really get in. But I knew that's not what you were talking about. So, my yeah, yeah. mention is a little bit of a cheat because of what my brain went to when I started thinking about fighting games. Uh, so, I only have one honorable mention, and it kind of covers a general sense, if you will. Um, and okay, I'll explain cool. that when I get there. Um, I don't know if you have multiple honorable mentions or not, but because you yeah, usually yeah. come up with two honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> I do have two, and it's because there's a lot of. There's there's a couple fighting games I love and there's a lot of them that I kind of like a lot. So narrowing down my honorable mentions was maybe even harder than uh, doing my list. So uh, I could probably go first and then you could do your honorable mention and we'll move that on. From there. The best. <laughs> so my first one and I feel like this is a little bit of a guilty pleasure fighting game because I've heard a lot of people say this game isn't that good. With that being said, I loved playing this game when it came out. Drew, I know you enjoyed this too because me and you and our other brothers played a lot of this game. Uh, my first honorable mention is Star Wars Masters of Terrace Kasi. Um, this game is, we had it on, I think, the original PlayStation. It's a 3D fighting game where you're Star Wars characters beating the crap out of each other and uh, just for when this came out and how into star Wars we were. And, uh, just the fact that it was a fighting game, like it was just really fun playing like two, you know, two player battles with the different star Wars characters. One of the biggest complaints I've heard about this game is, is 
if you're playing as Luke Skywalker, for example, you are hitting, let's say it's like Luke versus Chewie. <laughs> Luke is swinging a lightsaber at Chewbacca and Chewie's health bar goes down a little bit, but he's not like losing limbs or anything, even though he's being hit with a lightsaber and people just think it's very unrealistic. But at the same time, like this is a PlayStation one fighting game and you have to understand that they did have to make the game balanced, you know? So, uh, no, I just had a lot of fun with this one back in the day, even though I know, I feel like this one isn't like a, uh, critically acclaimed game, uh, by any stretch. So, um, everybody, Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars, Masters of Terrace Kasi, um, is essentially Star Wars Mortal Kombat. It was focused on the original trilogy only because we did not have prequels or sequels or television shows at the That's time. That's a good point. Um, so, and they created Arden, drawing a blank on her last name, but she was created for the video game and then ended up making an appearance later, I think, in a comic book. But um, the one thing I will say is they did reference Terrace Kasi in the solo film. Solo, yeah. Yeah, and that kind of, like, I almost fell out of my chair when I heard that. Um, cause uh, I loved being one of the only people in the theater who knew what that was when that happened. Like that was just, that was an awesome deep cut reference. You didn't, you did <laughs> not get to see the martial arts move because they did it off screen. But L3 was like, what was that? And she goes, it's Terrace Kasi, uh, you know, Dryden Voss taught me. And you're just like, holy cow. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that was awesome. So yeah, I remember, I have very fond memories of playing, uh, masters of Terrace Kasi. And it was just a lot of fun to play because who never who didn't want to do that? But who didn't want to pit your favorite Star Wars characters against each other? But at the end of the day, if you wanted to play Darth Vader versus Luke Skywalker lightsaber battle on Endor, you could. And there weren't many games that allowed you to do that where it was just battling, you know, um, so many of them were story driven. So this was just such a cool. Let's just put two characters on a map and fight, you know, um, absolutely. At least for that, at least for that game. So um, I guess I got to do my other my honorable mention. So when I was thinking about fighting games, um, I started thinking about aside from the standard put two characters on a map and start fighting games, I realized that there's a whole section of fighting games that are not being tapped in this conversation. And this is why they're on an honorable mention that none of these could make my list because I understood what you wanted. But. This has to be an honorable mention because of what they are. And I kind of put them under a category called brawlers. And I'm specifically referring to games like Double Dragon or the Ninja Turtles arcade game or the X-Men arcade game where it was literally you're walking through a level and it's just constant fighting um, where you're not really using weapons so much as you're just punching and kicking your way through the level. Um, and sometimes you got to stop and you fight a boss and then you move a little bit farther and you got like three guys to fight. It's essentially a fighting game, but they're not. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know what you mean. I think. Um, yeah. Like that old. Uh, I don't know if they're brawlers or beat em up style games or what they're referred to, but those that style of game is definitely like it almost is like a fighting game, but you're just fighting different people every second. Um, yeah. And, and those are just really fun games in general. And I feel like those games were the precursor to what we would get later when it comes to like street fighter, mortal Kombat, or uh, dead or alive, or, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. I actually think that's a, that's a good point as well. Um, I didn't really think about that from a lineage lineage sense, but uh, that's a really good point. Do you have a specific like 
favorite uh, arcade game of this style? Of those? Um, not really. Probably the X-Men, probably X-Men or Ninja Turtles. Um, I know there was a Dungeons and Dragons one, but I never really got a chance to really play a lot of that one. Um, but yeah, probably those two. I did get a chance to replay the Ninja Turtles one. Uh, this was about, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. 10, 11 years ago, they re-released the Ninja Turtles arcade game on Xbox, on the Xbox marketplace. So you could, it was like 10 bucks to download or five, 10 bucks to download it. And me and a bunch of friends downloaded it because you could play online four player co-op. And we're just like, dude, this is going to be awesome. Old school Ninja Turtles. And because it's Xbox, we're not pumping in quarters. Um, as long as everyone's, as long as there's still people alive, you can respawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the problem was we beat it in half an hour. Like it was literally like a 30 minute sit and then the game was over. I was like, I don't know if I knew the game was that short. <laughs> so, um, and I guess I never knew that because I never had money to sit there for 30 minutes and actually get through the levels. Um, cause you know, I have to pump, keep, keep pump, yeah, keep pumping quarters in. But yeah, so I just thought brawlers would be a good thing to mention because I think they're the precursor to what we eventually got. So, yeah, that, that's a really good point. Um, just to piggyback the, uh, onto this, like my favorite is probably that original uh, Ninja Turtles one, or they did uh, Turtles in Time as well. Both of those games are really awesome. Um, that I also like. I remember there's a, there's one called Golden Axe, which I like a lot, which is kind of like mm-hmm. your typical D and D style, just badass fantasy uh, sort of brawler, which I think is really fun. Um, and then otherwise, I think the I wasn't thinking of this originally, but the X-Men is a good shout because uh, I think uh, Capcom was handling all those old Marvel games like that. And they just have really awesome animations and just really fun versions of uh, the X-Men games, especially, I think, really were uh, good back in the day. So there are two newer ones that one of them I really <coughs> like uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, that one's absolutely that one's really solid. And the other one, which I just found out about and I have not gotten a chance to play yet, is Jay and Silent Bob's Mall Brawlers. Uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't played that either. I've seen clips and stuff of it online and I always wanted to. I just haven't gotten around to that one, yet, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. What's your second honorable mention? Yeah, absolutely. So my my next one um I, I really love this game, especially the characters and the world that's in it. But I've only played the game a couple times. Um, and I've talked about this game recently uh, on our video game characters list. But uh, I, I went with Darkstalkers, which is a Capcom fighting game that's very Street Fighter-esque, except all the characters are influenced by your sort of classic universal monsters. So you're talking about, you know, there's a character akin to Dracula and Frankenstein and creature from the black lagoon and uh, stuff like that all done in that sort of classic, like really cool anime fighting game style. So I think this is just awesome, but like I've said, I've only played this game a couple times. I think it's pretty rare to actually find a hard copy of it, but uh, I just think the world they built uh, with this game is just really cool. And there's just really awesome character designs and stuff like that. So nice. All right. Well, speaking of anime style, uh, my first actual pick of the evening is Dead or Alive. Um, I'm not like I never really got sucked into the story of this game. And there's a lot of jokes about the uh, female uh, graphics in this game. 
Um, <laughs> right. Which translates eventually to dead or alive beach volleyball. Um, but this game in general, like I just always thought it was a gorgeous video game. Like visually, it just looked amazing. Um, I was never really good at it. I've only played it a handful of times, but in terms of fighting games, I always just enjoyed it because of how good it physically looked. Um, I don't have much to say on it other than that, but, um, yeah, that's why it's kind of low on my list for the evening. <laughs> Dead or Alive was a uh, like a 3D um, interface, right? As opposed to uh, like two dimensional one, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, you know. OK, yeah, because I, I think I've only played this once or twice. Um, I think one of my friends rented it when I was younger and uh, we played it. And I remember it being really fun, but uh, I haven't played enough to really comment too much on Dead or Alive. <laughs> when I think of Dead or Alive, my mind goes straight to the old uh, Dead or Alive volleyball game, which people played for probably different reasons than uh, playing volleyball. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, what was your, what's your are, are you agreeing with me is that did we match on this or are you no 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 we we didn't match but i think this okay. one's really fun from what i can remember so all right uh, so okay so yeah it's your turn yeah so uh my next one so this one's kind of weird but uh i went with uh primal rage um and this is just a really fun fighting game about uh kind of like prehistoric dinosaurs and monsters beating the crap out of each other. Um, I remember when uh, when I was a kid, uh, my brother Scott had a copy of Primal Rage for Game Boy, um, and I got to play that a couple times, and I just thought the graphics and the character designs and all that were just really cool. Um, since then, I've played it um, at actually probably more so arcades than anything. Um, there's a... Uh, adult arcade where you can drink adult beverages and play arcade games in Chicago called headquarters. And they actually have a uh, copy of this game uh, in the arcade. And uh, I just think it's really fun to play, but my biggest draw to this one is the graphics, because if you play it like on a colored screen, like you couldn't really tell this too much on the Game Boy version. But when you're actually playing an arcade game and you're seeing these characters in color and stuff, you can really see what like the kind of art style they were going for was really akin to the old Ray Harryhausen um, stop motion um, like uh, creatures that he did back in the day. And if you don't know who Ray, Ray Harryhausen is, he's the one who did all the special effects for the original uh, Clash on uh, Clash. Clash against the Titans. Yeah, Clash against the Titans movie. <laughs> I had attack on Titan stuck in my head and I kind of had a brain fart there. But yeah, he did the old like Clash against like Titans movie special effects. And uh, if you look, if you go back and like look at those stop motion effects and how cool and weird the monsters looked in that and then you play Primal Rage, you'll really see where I'm coming from. Um, and I just think it's really cool that they were able to for a game that I think was on Super Nintendo, they were able to really capture this practical, um, realistic is a weird word, but they really made it feel like realistic, practical effects of doing this older stop motion style that I just think's badass. Uh, this one, kind of like Masters of Ter Terrace Cassie, I feel like this game does get a little bit of flack because people say the gameplay isn't that great, which I understand. I've heard people say, 
you know, if you want to play Primal Rage, just play Killer Instinct and you're going to have a better time. And I do, I do understand where people are coming from because I think Killer Instinct, for example, might have better gameplay, but I just, the aesthetics of this game just do it for me. Like, I just think it's a beautiful game overall. So, uh, Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Primal Rage at all. But, I really uh, only played the, uh, I really only played the Game Boy version. Um, it was a lot of, it was fun here and there. Um, and it, it, it's kind of like, I think it, like, it reminds me of like, almost like, hey, let's do a kaiju game, if you will. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I just it was only uh, I just only played the Game Boy one, so I can't speak to the arcade versions. Um, but, yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. So nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So my next one um, is Smash Brothers Ultimate. Nice. Um, I was hoping we were going to talk about Smash Brothers. <laughs> we didn't match, but uh, that's awesome. Oh, um, did you have a different Smash Brothers? No, no, I don't have. Oh. I, I like Smash Brothers a lot. I just didn't have it on my list. So I was kind okay. of hoping that you were going <laughs> to pick it. The weird thing about Smash Brothers is I never like it's a fandom. Like, look, I get it. The game is a lot of fun. But the way people like when in terms of video games rally around it, like it's like they have they, the pedestal they hold it on. I never understood um, for the longest, longest time. I did not really understand the game. Like I'd watch people play it and I go, I don't have a clue what's going on. Um, it took me a while to understand how the life works and how you like actually win a match and all that stuff. Um, the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is the one that's on the Nintendo Switch currently. Um, I play that with my kid a lot. We both love it, trying to unlock the characters and everything. And it's a lot of fun. And I've gotten more and more in invested into it, like not story wise, but just the idea of it has been a, a lot of fun. So um but yeah, I the game in terms of like repeat play and stuff like that, I've gotten much more involved and enjoying it and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, but, oh, what were you saying? No, go ahead. You said you really oh. like Smash Brothers. So, no, it's it's one of those things like uh, this, like uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate is the version that I've played the most of. But it's not a game that I've sunk a ton of time into because I just don't I don't have my own copy of it. It's kind of a game I've played a lot at parties and stuff. But I do think it's a it's a really fun game. It's a good game. in the fact that you can invest a lot of time in, into it and learn all the special moves and stuff and just really kick ass to that game. But if you're a beginner, like if it's your first time playing, I really like that this game is so balanced that you actually might be able to hold your own better than you would really expect in the game. And I think it's just a really balanced game in that regard. And uh, the other thing I could really say about it is I think it was like the last two or three Smash Brothers games when you started looking at their lineups like these are just amazing lineups like they really rival. um the Marvel versus Capcom games for just having the most like the most amount of just epic characters that you're excited about. And I think if you look at the Smash Brothers, like ultimate, like all the different characters you can choose from, it's kind of ridiculous that you can play as so many different characters, but it's also just really awesome from a fanboy sense. So I, I just really think these games are really fun, um, but it's not it's not a game that I've like sunk a ton of time into so right. yeah i just think it's uh it's a really cool game so right on all right what's your number four what's your next one yeah my next one i went with uh soul caliber 2 um 
which I've mostly played the PlayStation two version. Um, my roommate back in college had, uh, he used to play soul caliber two all the time. So I would, I would play with him quite a bit. And, uh, later on, I like, you know, went to disc replay or something like that and ended up acquiring my own copy. But, uh, no soul caliber, um, as well as just the soul blade games in general, I've just thought, I've always thought they were really fun because it was like, Okay, you know, we know you like fighting games, but we're going to add swords. (laughs) And it's just like all these characters with badass swords and weapons. And I just think they're I just think it's a really fun game. Uh, My favorite character from the Soul Calibur series is probably uh, Valdo, who is the really creepy bondage looking guy with like claws. Like he's got like Freddy Krueger claws and he does weird like uh I'm trying to think of the right word for it, but like uh, super flexible, weird, like moves and stuff like that. And he's kind of a hard character to play. But uh, last time I played this game against people at an arcade, I played as Valdo every time and I was actually doing really good with him. So, yeah, I, I still like this that character just from a weirdness standpoint. But uh, Drew, I don't know if you've played the Soul Calibur games much, but I just thought this was a really fun uh, set of games in the fighting game genre. I've only really watched it played as opposed to gotten a chance to play it myself. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's a physically gorgeous game. I've just never played it, so I don't have enough. Uh, like like Soul Calibur and Tekken were the two fighting games I never really got a chance to play. So yeah, well, well, I hear you with Tekken. Like I haven't played Tekken much, but um, yes, I Soul Calibur. I've gotten the the chance to play quite a bit, and I thought it was really fun. And uh, since you mentioned like just a gorgeous looking game, like the character designs in the game are really awesome as well. So, um, but on this one, I don't know if I have too much more to say. Um, so we could probably move into your next one. Uh, yeah. If you want. <laughs> All right. Well, my number three is injustice two. Um, I could say injustice one, but I just think they really improved and made such a better game with injustice two. Um, injustice is essentially a fighting game, but it's all DC characters. Um, and it's based and the, I don't know if the comics, the comics for injustice came first or the fighting game came first. I really don't know. I, I, I think, I, I think the game came first. Like, um, I'm pretty sure, did, but yeah. Cause then they did the, uh, they did the comic book series to follow it. But injustice, like first off it's DC characters. You're putting Batman against Superman or dark side or, you know, Deathstroke versus Catwoman, whatever your fancy is. But the, the ultimate abilities, if you will, are like, just ridiculously fun to play through. Like when you get to like unleash a special move, for example, and then you get to see this astounding, like comic book level event attack and, um, being able to pummel people through walls or like flashes crazy, like million punches and kind of thing. Like they have just some really amazing, um, sequences like that. So that's why, uh, um, that's where this comes from in terms of me. But, um, yeah. Injustice too. Have you played these games? Well, um, I don't want to jump the gun, but I could probably go into my next pick, which is the first Injustice game. Um, I don't know if I've played Injustice 2 too much, but um, I loved the first game. Like, that's the one I've played the most. And I just think uh, they're just really good games. I think uh, the Injustice games are made by the same developers, the Mortal Kombat games, and it really has that, uh, you know, I was just talking about Smash Brothers with the sort of balance of the game where if it's your first time playing, 
you'll probably be able to hold your own a little bit better compared to other games. But, um, you know, there's still going to be the people who know all the special moves and stuff who are going to have the advantage. And I think, uh, the injustice games work really well in that regard too. And, uh, there's, there are complicated special moves, but there's also pretty easy to do special moves that like you were saying, like are really, really awesome to look at. Um, like I really love, uh, in the first game, there's like Aquaman has like his move where he floods the whole arena that you're fighting in. And then you get attacked by giant sharks or um, I think it's it's Raven has the attack where she like trans transports you to um, Azeroth. And then you're uh, you're attacked by uh, Trigon. And uh, no, I just think there's a lot of just really cool concepts that go in these games. Uh, all the characters just look spot on how they should and uh well maybe not how they should but they just i think they did a really good job of reimagining a lot of these characters a lot of their costumes just look really detailed and really cool and uh no these games are just really good overall so i didn't mean to derail your injustice 2 talk but i went i did go with the first game so uh yeah i don't know uh if you have any other other thoughts on injustice or yeah where where you sit with the first one and all that no, I've never actually played the first one. I only played Injustice Two. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I watched. I, I watched. I watched a handful of the cutscenes. I'm like, God, this game looks so good, but I just didn't get a chance to play it. So, um, but right yeah. On. So yeah, Injustice. <laughs> and so that's why I don't have more on that. But um, so Injustice One was your next one. Yes. I. Uh, the, the ultimate spreadsheet, if you will. Okay, so and I'm not going to talk much on this one. This is kind of going to be a short, quick thing. Um, is uh, my next one is Star Wars Masters of Terrific. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's just because we, uh, um, you know, I we just talked about it earlier. Um, but this, I have such fond memories of playing this, and I put way more hours into this game than um, I like. When I was thinking back, I was like, wow, I played that game a lot. So, um, but yeah, Star Wars Master of Terrace Cast, Masters of Terrace Kasi, we talked about it earlier. So it's just, if, if you have a, if you have an ability to check it out, please do. Otherwise it's such an old game that you're probably just gonna have to go online and look up footage of it. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah I'm, sh- I'm sure you can find footage of it on YouTube, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that being said, what's your second to last pick of the night, man? Yeah. So the next one, I actually was gonna save uh injustice for this spot but uh i went with uh street fighter 2 so uh yeah the second game in the street fighter series which was on um super nintendo and probably sega at the time i'm not really sure but um this game i've i've played a decent amount especially on the uh uh s or the nintendo super nintendo I'm like really blanking for names, but the the SNES Plus Super Nintendo Plus uh, that I got had oh. uh, Street Fighter 2 on it, which I've played a decent amount. But uh, this game's just really fun, and I love the. Uh, this is a game that has a really has a big like history and legacy behind it because I think the first Street Fighter was just kind of a solid fighting game, but I think Street Fighter 2 is like a game that just grabbed everybody's attention and really like sparked this sort of fervor for two player arcade fighting games. And I think that was a combination of just it being a really solid game, but it also just having beautiful, like beautifully animated sprites on the screen and just really bombastic character designs. I think like 
the amount of just like comic booky energy that this game has when it comes to characters like Blanca, who you just can't not look at and like that sort of thing going for it. I think this game just <laughs> I love the legacy of it, but it's also just it's just a. Uh, it's just a good game overall. Um, I love the uh, sort of Street Fighter series and the world that they've uh, made with that game. But uh, yeah, I'd, pro- I'd probably go with this one over many of the newer ones just because I'm not that like hardcore fighting game guy. And I kind of just like playing an old co- old school arcade fighting game here and there. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I have too much else to say on this one. It's just a uh, it's just a good game overall. So, so. I was very specifically <laughs> laughing at the Blanca line because I was thinking about the movie Final Score about the kid who was talking about how about uh, sorry Street Fighter and he was because the girl asked him what he wanted to do and he grew up and he's like well you know this is video game called uh, Street Fighter and they have this character named Blanca and he's like going on this big description of who Blanca is and what he does in the game and all that stuff and the girl's like so you want to design video games and he's like no I want to be Blanca (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's what made me laugh on that Um, no I've between Street Fighter and some of the other games I never got into it the way some people did um street fighter then translates into like marvel versus capcom and with marvels versus capcom man i didn't understand what the heck was going on in that game and the only reason i didn't like it is because you're pushing buttons and i'm like i don't even know what i'm doing and the screen the way the screen moves and stuff i just never into it um and it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth in terms of street fighter i mean i like the characters i just never got into the game itself um if that makes sense it's kind of a weird way of saying that but it's just you know like I don't know, but that's so, yeah, I've I mean, I like Street Fighter, but I just never got into it the way the rest of the world did. So, um, yeah, 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 I hear I hear you. <laughs> uh, so that kind of brings me to my final one for the night. And that is um, since we have not talked about it yet is Mortal Kombat. Um, and I'm specifically mentioning this specifically focusing on the original film, original film, the original game, but Mortal Kombat as a franchise as a whole. Um, But when you break it down into the original game, for example, um, that first game, um, the story behind it, the idea of the tournament to protect the nine realms and all that stuff, and then throw in uh, the character backstories, I got really deeply invested into what Mortal Kombat was. Um, and then the fact that our parents didn't like it just made you want to check it out even more. Um, but, uh, Mortal Kombat in general, like I just always really like was intrigued with it. I played one, two, three. Um, I don't remember. They had a couple offshoots cause they had like sub zero and they had a couple other offshoots before they started getting back into like the numbered games. Um, and I played a very large number of them and they got away from a little while. And then you come back and you play a little bit more. And then eventually you saw DC versus Mortal Kombat. And now we're up to Mortal Kombat 11 and they just keep adding characters to it. Um, I have not played the most recent Mortal Kombat, but um, it looks amazing. I just, you know, like I'm one of the guys who like I grabbed Scorpion right away and everyone's like, oh, Scorpion. And if you play Mortal Kombat, that move that his his. The coolest move in the game, I'm sorry, but it's the coolest move in the game is that grappling hook like spear move that Scorpion does. It's it's awesome. Uh, it's just, you know, spear move, uppercut. You can just win every match that way. <laughs> um, that doesn't work later when you get to like higher bosses and stuff, but it's such a good way of winning and it's so cool to watch and it never, ever gets old. Um, but yeah, I just got invested into the story and everything. And that's what really kind of made that game stand out over all the other fighting games for me. So 
Yeah. I don't know if you have anything to add to that or if we matched. So we didn't match, but you really said a lot there. So it's kind of hard to say uh, how to match with this or what to add to this one. But I do agree with you. Like I do love the Mortal Kombat, just the story and lore behind the game is just so intriguing. And it's just so cool. Uh, the world that they built around this like ancient martial arts tournament. And uh, I agree with you. Like I really like Scorpion a lot as well as the other ninjas in that game. But uh, no, this is just a solid game franchise. Um, just because I really like looking at things from like an art and design standpoint, I think it's worth noting that while there, you have games like Street Fighter that do the sort of uh, animated sprite, um, you know, pixelated sprite characters and they have really beautiful animations. Uh, the original Mortal Kombat games actually went in a different direction where they used actual actors um who were actually like posing and the different moves for the characters. And they kind of did like a, I imagine like kind of a stop motion, you know, use of like these actual people doing certain moves. And uh, it's kind of photographic in a weird way. Um, And I think that was just a really innovative way to make a fighting game that really led um, because Mortal Kombat, such a uh, gory, violent game. I think that just using real people as stands stand ins for the uh, characters you're playing on screen. I think that just added to the uh, gruesomeness of the uh, gore within the game. So uh, no Mortal Kombat's awesome. So I definitely hear you on this one. Um, I think overall, I've probably played Mortal Kombat a lot less than a lot of other fighting games, which kind of sounds really odd, but uh, it's just, it is what it is. So, <laughs> but, but I, I love the, I do love the games when I get a chance to play with, play them. And I do love that world as well. Right on. All right, man. Well, what is your final game of the evening then? Yeah. So my final game is uh, one that we actually were just talking about, or you actually mentioned a bit ago, which is Marvel versus Capcom. And uh, I understand what you mean about like how, complicated some of the moves in the game are and stuff and uh i'm i'm going with the original marvel versus capcom and this is a game where it really gets pretty chaotic um because every time one of the characters does like a special move there's like (laughs) a giant close-up of their face that gets superimposed like over the screen while they're doing the move and it gets pretty chaotic and then when you get into marvel versus capcom 2 there's the whole like three player team like tag team aspect of the game that gets even more chaotic and that carries on from there but um it was really the first marvel versus capcom game i remember buying it on playstation and i just thought it was the coolest thing ever because it was just i don't know at the time like i was just getting into comic books and superheroes so much and uh, i went to the store and i was like holy crap, there's a game that you can play like Spider-Man versus Street Fighter characters or Mega Man. You know, this game is this looks awesome. And I just remember playing that game so much. And uh, it was the first time I encountered the uh, the character Onslaught um, from the Marvel Universe. And then I realized that uh, Onslaught was like a villain in um, I think it was at X-Men Age of Apocalypse, like that story arc onslaught was one of the villains or um, it was one of the it was one of the Marvel story arcs. But uh, no, I just think uh, I just loved this game. Um, I do hear like kind of the criticisms you're putting forward with it, Drew. But this was just like the time that I bought this game and the time I spent playing with it. I just 
enjoyed this one so much. And, uh, you know, going back to the street fighter thing, like this is a Capcom game. Uh, it's playability is pretty similar to street fighter and it has those beautiful sort of hand drawn anime style sprites to it. And, uh, no, this is just, I, I, I love this game so much, so I don't really know what more to say at the moment. Well, <laughs> but. Like I said, when in terms of like, I don't really know what's going on, you choose like, let's say you did like Venom versus Spider-Man or Venom versus Ryu from Street Fighter. And you would you start the match and it's it starts out. Hey, we're punching and kicking and doing some special moves. And you're just like, yeah, I got this. This is awesome. And then suddenly a character would like jump up in the air and the camera would follow that character. But the other character would now be off screen. And I'm like. Hey, what happened to my guy? I don't even know what my guy's doing right now. You know what I mean? Like, yep. what is happening? Like, it became so, like, I can't physically fight. Like, my brain is not following what's going on on screen. It drove me nuts. Um, and I'm not trying to, like, you know, I'm not trying to, like, argue and say it's not a good game. I just, like, it, that just bugged me enough that I was like, all right, well, I got to, you know, whatever <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that so. that's when you just start button mashing <laughs> yeah i guess that's what you got to start doing if you will you know so no 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 i definitely understand what you mean and um like i i liked the first one a lot better than uh the following games because they did have that weird tag team aspect which i know a lot of people really really enjoy but i for me it was a bit more chaotic and as somebody who's not a big fighting game person like I didn't get into those aspects as much. So I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. But uh, no, just the first Marvel versus Capcom. I just I just really, really enjoyed. So nice. Well, all right, man. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of this list. Um, so next week, what we're going to do, um, I realized we ne- we haven't done this. I thought that was really weird that we haven't done it yet. And that's um, military movies. Uh, all right. Now, I'm going to throw you a curveball and say no space military movies. <laughs> Man, I can't go with Doom Annihilation. That sucks. You can't go with Doom Annihilation. <laughs> you can't go with Super Troopers. The reason I said this is because I was <laughs> Starship <worried>. Troopers. <laughs> Super Troopers. Yes, yeah, Starship <laughs> Troopers. Not Super Troopers. Starship Troopers. The reason I said this is because I feared that we would show up with the... Like uh, that basically allows me to have every movie on my list. One of the Star Wars films. Do you know what I mean? And that's and that's rough. And that's not what I was going for. So I was like to avoid saying that all of them are Star Wars movies. We're going to say no space films altogether, Um, because then that allows us later in the life to do a military movies, but space versions, (laughs) science fiction, military movies. So this is this is more conventional military. Um, and I'm just surprised we never did a list like this because I was looking back. I was like, wow, we haven't done this yet in 150 episodes. We haven't done military movies. So why not? Um, so that's what we're going to do next week. Do you have anything else to add before we close this guy out for the night? Do you have another no, I, episode in the can, if you will? Yeah, no, I think this one's fun because uh, military movies can span um, from just way into the past to, uh, you know, things that are present day. But um no, I think I think this will be a fun list. It's a uh, this is a category that I feel like might be a bit of a blind spot for me. Like there's a lot of military movies I haven't seen, but I bet once I start Googling the list, I'm going to find so many that I just really love. So, yeah, this should be a fun list to uh, tackle. All right, man. And I have a feeling we've seen and I know we'll probably talk about <laughs> Private Ryan, for example. I know that's going to come up in conversation. However, I think there's a lot of movies out there because there's a couple in my head that I just absolutely love 
that if they stack up, we might be having a good conversation about stuff that people don't realize, like people forget about. Because when you say military movies, I think a lot of people think Saving Private Ryan and like the big ones real quick. So um, I think uh, I think we'll have some good conversation next week. Um, so that being said, let's close this one out. Another episode in the can and call it a night. Um, do us all a favor, everyone. Check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can hit us up on the email, social media, either way works. We are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. You can subscribe to us in those places, and if you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, you can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I'll be telling you about how I'm, I've been playing Dead or Alive Volleyball. But I swear it's just for the articles. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Well, um, everybody, have a good night. For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And Restore the Snyderverse. We'll see you next week. Have a good night.